Soulful You. Life, fun, honest and open conversation. Women, wine, and the world. Laugh, cry, and discover your why. Here's your host, Tina Marley. Hello, everyone. Oh, well, happy Tuesday at 3 p.m. with Robin. Well, how are you, Tina? I'm good, baby. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So today is going to be a super exciting show. I actually have today, everyone, my wise counsel for relationship advice. I am someone who did not date a lot as a young girl, and I've kind of learned as I've gotten older how to interpret myself in relationships, be myself in relationships, and understand how to love someone but still love myself more. And James Allen Hanrahan is a highly sought after dating and relationship coach for smart, strong, and successful women and men. And he is based in Los Angeles. And you guys, he is my relationship coach. He is one of Your Tango's America's largest online source for relationship advice, leading contributors with over 1 million readers. He is the author of two books, A Life of Love and Dating Advice for Alpha Women and the creator of the widely acclaimed Law of Attraction Dating and Relationship Success Seminars held in Santa Monica, California. I'm telling you, everyone, he is my relationship coach. He has now even worked with my daughters because I want to give them all of the great life skills that they need as young as they can get. And James is the one that really helps them in this regard with reference to interpersonal relationships. We love you, James. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you for the introduction. It's so nice to be here. Oh, I'm just so glad to be talking with you. And I'm so glad you came on because you have been such a wealth of knowledge for me. And um, you really, you're, the way you convey information, um, James, is, is, is so great. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear um, the way you um, transfer your knowledge uh, to our ears. And we have a wonderful guest on today as well. Her name is Diana. Diana, are you there? I'm here. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's so nice to talk to you, and it was great to see you the other night at the at the restaurant. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, so James, a few questions before we get started with Diana, and I know she's really got some specific information to talk to you about. And James, you know, I'm, I've I've got my book coming out, and I have a chapter in the book called Soulmate, and in that chapter, I kind of define to me, you know, what a soulmate is, and things that I've even learned uh, through you. And I talk about twin flames, and for me, the twin flame is sort of like, um, well, someone that I've I've had in my past that you know about that um, sort of, you know, pulled the the rug out from underneath me. Um, and and um, you know, I just I want to I want to start with this um, basics. You know, what would be the first advice that you give to someone? Um, regarding relationship advice. I mean, one thing you've always told me is you've always said, Tina, you're such a giver. You've got to love yourself more. I mean, it's okay to love someone, but you've got to love yourself more. What are some of the basics that you could kind of offer out to everyone for the start of understanding some uh, healthy mindsets toward relationships and, um, and, a, and a person that they might be dealing with? Well, what comes to mind based on what you were saying is, you know, people would like to just meet a soulmate and be done with it. And that would be nice, but we don't really need a soulmate. People become your soulmate by walking with you. And so one of the things you want to look for, and this is what I've been trying to really express to people lately, is you want to take your time and see if you can build a friendship and that you actually like the person. Because we get so hung up on the chemistry and the instantaneous attraction 
that sometimes a lot of things get passed by the wayside and we don't find out, do we really like this person? Because that's what's going to take to make it for the long run. God, that's so great. And it's so funny because it's exactly what I even say in my book. And of course, having you be my wise counsel has been so great in this. And it's, you know, I like you. And what do you like about that person? Because it's sort of like you can have your you know, grumpy uncle at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And of course, you've got love for him, but does that mean that you like him? So liking someone is so important and it's something you've taught me as well and the friendship aspect of it. But then also, James, let's say this, and soulmates are earned. They're not found, they are earned. And it, it's so true and it's so great that you explain that so so well and, you, and you've helped me in so many ways. But what about this? So, for example, you get into this relationship and, you know, sometimes men or women can be so charming and you find yourself in something that you, you just feel isn't right. And the person sort of leads the relationship. Like you said, walking side by side, you find yourself falling back. What do you think could be signals or red flags for us to recognize that that's happening? Number one, number two, what would be some steps that we could take internally and mindfully to be proactive about making the move, whether we need to move away from that person or recognize how to reinstate our worth in that relationship? Sure. I mean, the first thing, and you kind of touched on it, is you got to trust your instinct. you got to trust your gut because the body doesn't lie. If you get a, you know, an uncomfortable feeling and something is off, then you really got to learn to trust that. So that's the first thing to always pay attention to. The second thing, and this is kind of one of the things that I really make a, a big thing about, is... People who know how to love can make and keep agreements. Mm. And what we're looking for when you're dating someone or anyone in business or even in friendship is can they make and keep agreements? Yeah. And this is a very important aspect. So if you and they got to be able to keep simple agreements first, like say when they're going to call you or if they're going to show up or something. They have to be able to make simple agreements before we can add any kind of complexity. But the signs will show you pretty often right away whether or not they can keep their agreements. And that's a big indicator that you should look for, along with trusting your instincts in your gut. Yeah, good point. The agreements is something you've really worked with me on, and I've been so grateful for that. Um, The question is this, though. What about the people that are kind of playing that role with you at the beginning, and then it starts to change? So how does that happen? You start dating somebody, and they seem to make these simple agreements, and then your relationship shifts, how long do you think that it takes to take a shift to where you start seeing, you know, what's the average that you think the timeline is where people start shifting and you kind of seeing more of the true self? Because what I've noticed is you'll hear things like, well, how did this start off so great? It was so great before. And how did it get to here? How do we go from that, you know, it's so wonderful and we're all making agreements to that shift? That's a good question because a lot of people get uh, disappointed in that. So, we call it the first three months called the honeymoon phase. So everyone is good in the, in the honeymoon phase. And guys typically, this is one thing I have to work with a lot of women, guys in the beginning, they come on strong because they're excited and they're really attracted. So they come on strong, they're on their best behavior, they're taking you here, they're taking you there, and they're doing all kinds of stuff. Um, and that is the honeymoon phase. And that's a normal part of a relationship, first three months. So sometimes some of my women clients, as the relationship progresses, the guy starts slacking off, he starts taking her for granted, and they start to think, oh, he doesn't love me as much as he used to. But I would say this, that you're not trying to find a guy who starts off at level 10, because those kind of guys, they burn out. They last three months and they're done. 
Well, we're looking for a guy who's more like a level five and who will slowly start to build with you. And those kind of people, they're getting to know you, like I said in the beginning, as a human being, building a friendship. So you want to see if they can maintain some consistency. And frankly, it takes an entire year to really get to know somebody. And over that time, you want to see, can they build a trustworthy record with you over time? And that could take a year. But along the way, there's always signs. And that's why I told you in the beginning, trust your gut. Listen to your intuition. And also, the main thing I'm going to say again is, are they keeping their agreements? Because there will be days, and relations to me are built on the bad days. Can they make agreements still after you've had a bad day? Are they still showing up for you? God, I love that, James. Because the first, yeah, the beginning, just last thing I'll say, you know, the beginning phase, yeah, everybody's great for three months, but we don't find out until they don't like you if they're going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true because you're right. It's like, that's why when you say that, you know, soulmates are not found, they're earned over time. It's like, well, wait, everybody can get along when things are going great. Everybody can get along when they're performing. Everyone can get along when life is easy. It's how you are during the tough stuff that, that, you know, shows where the commitment is, right? And the foundation of the strength of what you are together as a couple. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, you know, so we're talking about soulmates. One thing is when you find someone you really connect with, they're going to bring out the best in you and the worst. Wow. Yes. And vice versa. And we do that because we've picked the right person who brings us the lesson. And those people, they're going to touch the sore spots. And they'll either heal you or hurt you. Yeah. But hopefully, if you guys can work it together, um, that's kind of what I talk about today, is you bring the right mixture of exactly what you need to heal and what they need to heal. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love the way you put that. It's so articulate. I, I, I think it's well put. I agree. Thank you for that advice. And, you know, and so what about when relationships or we enter into a relationship that's Again, like you said, that honeymoon phase, the person's, you know, captivating. And then it's like we get into this phase of dysfunction. And some people stay in the dysfunction or they make excuses for the dysfunction. And, and, and part of the reason I want to get into this is because we have Diana on today and she has a lot of questions actually regarding um, narcissism, which we'll get into as well. But first, let's start with that. Why do you think that people stay in or are attracted to it's so hard to leave maybe an abusive relationship that didn't start off that way like you said you know um some men come on strong or or women whatever the the case may be uh, charmed uh and then it gets kind of unhealthy right um why do we keep making excuses is it because we want to go back to the way it was and we feel like that was the the real relationship but it really wasn't yeah it's tricky because we get it's called hope And hope is, is not a good strategy. Mm. You really, because if they it started out well, and then you think, oh, if we could just get back to there. But I always try to share with people that relationships don't go backwards. They go forwards. And you have to keep growing in a relationship. And there's always one, people are either pulling you up or dragging you down. Mm-hmm. And that's why we really go with, we have to learn how to communicate with them and say, look, you know, you have every right to do that. Oh, I don't feel comfortable with that. How about we do it this way or that way? And how can we do better, for example? We have to keep raising the bar. And that's how we grow into quote unquote soulmates. Because 
it's natural that, like we said, the honeymoon's going to wear off. But then a lot of people, they haven't learned to communicate and they haven't learned to speak up for themselves. So they stuff a lot of stuff. They don't speak up and a lot of resentment gets built up and a lot of things get unsaid until it just blows up. Yeah, that's a great point. Can you reiterate how you would approach someone? I love how you have taught me as well about the sentence ending and the question, how can we do better? Can you give some more examples about that with the how can we do better? I love the examples you've given me throughout our, our you know, uh, coaching relationship, coaching client relationship. Can you give some examples? Well, for example, say there's something the guy is doing that you really don't like. Like he doesn't call you, for example, let's just use that, okay? I like to take uh, concrete examples. Let's just say he hasn't been calling you and he said he's going to call you. So the first thing we have to remember when we're dealing with people and we make them right even when they're wrong because people have the right to be themselves. So we, how we do that is first we say is you have every right to not call me when you say you're going to call. So we make them right even though we consider it wrong. So we say you have every right not to call me when you say you're going to call. And that's what we call a stroke. Then we do what's called a stand. See, however, I don't feel comfortable if we have an agreement to call, that it doesn't come through. And then it comes the part that you like. And we say, what do you think? And how can we do better? Because we're always looking to come from uh, two things. One, that we're on the same team, and we're looking to come up with a solution to the problem. So we're not trying to criticize or condemn the person or make them wrong. We're looking to open up a negotiation and see if we can come to a solution yeah, I love it. And I love the what do you think. I, I tend to use that a lot now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's really good for men. So when you're speaking with a man, you want to ask them, say this, da, 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 like, ask them, what do you think? And that will get them to use the problem-solving part of their brain, hopefully, <laughs> to come up with a solution for, for the both of you. It's so important. And, and, and that's what's so important, too, as well. And you've, you've taught me a lot, and I, I've even written in my book about um, – the energies, right? That the male and female sort of energy, the hormones and the way we work. And it's so important to understand how to communicate with someone who's more male energy and how to communicate with the female energy. Um, Diane, I'd love to bring you into the conversation. And um, James, let me, let me talk a little bit about uh, Diane. She is in a relationship with someone that, um, and she doesn't throw this word around, and that's why I think it's really important that she's on. So many people love to just judge someone and say, oh, he's a narcissist. Oh, she's a narcissist. Oh, he's a sociopath. You know, we really shouldn't be doing that um, and labeling people that don't deserve to be labeled. But the, the fact of the matter is there are narcissists out there. And narcissistic personality disorder is a very real thing. However, again, not to just be throwing that out to everyone to make an excuse why a relationship didn't work. Diane, however is in a relationship that is is really hurting her. Um, and she gets those intermittent reinforcements and it's really kind of messing with her brain. So I'm really hoping that you can give some help to her. So um, Diane, why don't you um, introduce yourself first to James and so that you guys can get to know each other. And I'd really like you to discuss a little bit about what you're going through and see how James can help. Okay, so. Hey, Diana. Hi, Hi James, how are you? Things? I'm really good. I'm so glad you're on. That's so cool that you're going to do that. I'd love to answer your questions. Uh, can you just tell me just a couple things? Like, how old are you? I am 56. 56. And how old is the guy? 57. 57. 
Okay, because it makes a difference. So, so I'm not asking you that just to, you know, bug you. <laughs> it makes because we're all in different phases, and, and as we get older, there's certain things. But I need to know that to to be able to make an assessment. And then, right. how long have you known each other? Well, um, we dated a little bit back in '07 when I was going uh, when I first got divorced, and then okay. I yeah, and then I ended up dating another guy. We stayed together for about 12 years. And when okay, we so broke this up, latest run, how long? This latest run, how long have you guys been dating now? Just a little over a year. A little over a year. Okay, great. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's all I need to know. So, what kind of questions you got? So, I, I'm with you. I don't follow those relationships where the guy's hot and heavy, and they want, you know, they show all their cards the first couple months. And I like to go slow. We started out slow, then he would pull away. And then kind of suck me back in, call me, gee, I don't know why I do this to you. I'd really like to take you to dinner and find out why we, why I do this to you. I'm talking to my counselor about it. So each time, and he's done this to me about four times over the last year, and each time I feel like we progress. So we stay together a little bit longer. We, we, get, we grow closer. Um, but the intermittent reinforcement where he pulls away, and then I, I feel like I'm becoming a, an addict. I'm, I'm longing for his call and his, you know, and I, I know it's not a good relationship. I'm ready to um, back out, but I feel like I've just been sucked in and I'm almost an addict and I don't know how to break it off. Yeah, that's totally common because the thing is, narcissists are very charming people and they create, oftentimes they create like a fantasy thing and it's very attractive and they're they're very good in the beginning. So the problem is, so what kind of agreements do you have? Do you guys have any kind of agreements? So agreements to me are, are do you guys have, uh, are you guys monogamous? Did we talk about that at all? Do we well, have any kind of agreement he, on that? The way he talks about it is, are you dating other people? So in the beginning, he asked the question, and I said, yes, because I don't lie. And I was seeing him okay. once a week, and he said, he he acted shocked. So I said, well... I don't want to date other people. I'd really just like to see you. He said, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You do what you want to do. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. I, I only want to see you. Okay, well, that was a, yeah, okay. Well, that was a backhanded narcissistic way yes. to see you do it, but okay. <laughs> he does everything. Right, so theoretically, without him actually agreeing, he got you to agree to monogamy. <laughs> right. Okay, exactly. I'll give you that one. And then you're seeing each other once a week. That's that's the next thing. So how often do you guys see each other? Now we're seeing each other probably three three to four times a week. Three four times a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is it fun? I mean, do you like being with them when you see them three four times a week? Do you guys have fun? Do you consider? Oh, here's what I want to know. Well, I want to know. Is it fun? Yes, I love being with them. Okay. But okay, when good. I'm not and with them, consider, I, now, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you consider him to be a friend? other than your attraction? No. Do you like him as a human being? <laughs> or do you like him? I as, like him, right? but like as a friend, no. Like my friends are there for me. They call me. They ask me how I'm doing. If I, you know, I was moving my office. Did you? Do you need help moving? How was your new place? Right. So he doesn't he do never, any of that stuff. He just, none of that. He just no. comes for the entertainment value of being with you. Is that yeah. kind of how it goes? Well, that's okay, so that's narcissism. So when you talk about narcissists, they just want to, you know, I'm generalizing, so forgive me, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just want to have fun, okay? 
They don't want all your responsibility. And it kind of goes to more like a Peter Pan syndrome as well. Uh, but they don't want to, you know, help you move your furniture and do your things. They just want to have fun. And that's fine because that's what sometimes I have to do with some clients. But you got to know that the guy is there for playtime. You know, I have one client, she's been with a guy for seven years, and she would always say, oh, I can't count him, can't count him. Yeah, but you can count on him to be who he is. He's entertaining on those three or four times that you see him. But he's not going to be the guy to call. And I, so I say to my client, he's not the guy to call if your house burns down. <laughs> right. He's the guy to call if your house is warm. <laughs> but when we're together, he says things like that. Oh, you know what? I can help you do this, and I can help you do that, and this is what we should do. And, but then it never, it never happens. Yeah, so remember what I said in the beginning. I said, look, the way you can tell about people who know how to love is they can make and keep agreements. And what we also say is, you know, I'm throwing a lot of the names around. Poor guy. (laughs) I haven't even met him. I already called him stuff. But what we say this just for the general audience is passive-aggressive people, well, they make agreements. They just don't keep them. Mm -hmm. And that's what he kind of do. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. So this agreement thing is a real thing. It's a real thing. And you got to see. That's what I'm saying. A narcissist, whatever you want to call him. You know, Peter, you could call him narcissist, Peter Pan, slash <laughs> passive aggressive. They make agreements. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll help you. When they don't show up. And my point is, okay, but sometimes people want to stay with the guy anyway because they enjoy the company. And they're like, it's fun. Right. Okay, that's me. So that's what you got to know is that he's for fun. He's not. He might say he's going to help you, but you just got to know him. No. Nope. <laughs> Can I interject for a second? You know, James, it's a great question. I mean, it's a great statement because here's my question: So many relationships can still be functional and healthy that way, correct? Or no? Well, and I'm not saying. Wait, hold on. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying like not keep agreements. What I meant, and I apologize. Okay, let me correct. Basically, what I mean is. For example, um, not helping to move or not helping to do this, but they do other things really well. Can you keep relationships that are like that and keep them healthy? Because you just know that that's not that person that's going to be there in those situations, but they are there in other situations. Like, for example, a marriage. You could have a husband that is not going to help around the house or do whatever, but he provides and you can afford to hire, let's say, a housekeeper to help around the house or a handyman. Yes. And that, so that's what I was going to say. It can be functional. And, and over time, I don't want to give you too much hope, but Diana, but, <laughs> but like I said, I have this one client and she's been in a similar age bracket, basically the same. And sometimes as the guys get older, they ease up a little bit and he's gotten a lot better over time. But she had to work like a dog because it was really painful in the beginning. Uh, and she still has times where the guy's a jerk. But, but my teacher always used to say that. She said, look, is the guy 51% valuable? And you need to know, why do I stay with this guy? It's not because he moves furniture, because God knows that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy his company on the other days when we do whatever kind of hobbies. And a lot of times there's a great chemistry. They usually did it, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh and, and that can take you a long way. So that, that's what you have to keep in mind. But I yeah. just want you to remember that, okay, like you've got to put it in the, in, in the entertainment box. Because if you start trying to get him to be, you know, a man of all trades, 
he doesn't have all that. That's, that's what a if, good point. What if I'm looking for more than just a little entertainment here and there? I need to move well, on. Well, then, then, then it comes down to, you bring up a good, that's a really good question. Thanks for asking that. Because it really comes down to it, and this is true whether you're with a narcissist, anybody in your life, okay? And for women, and I'm always looking to share this, it's, it's whatever you require. And that's why I gave you that, that, little, that little phrase, and I got more of them. But it's whatever you require. So, we, so we, I always teach my clients who listen to me that we don't complain. We require. Mm-hmm. So, for example, whatever he's doing, he's, for example, he didn't keep his agreement to come help you move the furniture. Oh, look, what am I going to say? I'm going to say, hey, look, you know, you have every right to, to agree to help me move the furniture and then not come through. However, that's too painful for me. I don't feel comfortable with that. What do you think about us keeping those kind of agreements and how can we do better in the future? Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you have to learn, this is what I'm saying, you have to learn this basically, what you have to learn to is to speak up for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's not enough for us to say, oh, this guy doesn't do this, this guy doesn't do that. All guys don't do anything. When I do speak up, James, he's, he gets very upset. You know, every time, he uses the word every, every time we go out, you have to criticize me about something I don't do. I go, don't, don't say every time. I don't criticize you every time. I bring, you know, I might have something that I bring. Listen, I bite my tongue a lot. Um, yeah, well, that's, what, that's part of the problem. But I hear you, but that's yeah, what I'm saying. Is. If we're right. going to generalize and call them a narcissist, and forgive me if you're not, sir, <laughs> but narcissists cannot handle criticism, okay? So they take everything as criticism. So they can't take any criticism. So it's a little difficult to walk with them. But that's why I'm sharing you how to use this phrase is first you have to disarm them, okay? So you can't come straight at them because they take it as an assault, and then they're going to attack you back. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's why I say, look, you have every right. You have to say very calmly, and the tonality is very important because if they hear any kind of tonality, they're going to trigger. You have to say, look, you have every right to not come to dinner on time or whatever it is, okay? So I just don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable. What do you think? How can we do better? You have to negotiate with them without them feeling it's a form of criticism. You have to make them right even though they're wrong first. So how do you do that? Like I said, you have every right to do that, say that, think that. However, I don't feel comfortable. What do you think about doing it this way or that way, and how can we do better? Okay. That's a great, great suggestion. See what I'm saying? Because it, I'm telling you that it's all on the delivery. And it is. And people, bless them. They're very wounded people, okay? So mm-hmm. we, if we're going to work with them, then we have to be very, we have to do this thing with it. We allow them to be themselves. But you do have to require things. And when you start yeah, speaking I don't, up for yourself, I don't speak up hardly enough. That is yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's because that's what people do. They don't require; they complain. They're like, oh, I don't complain. Well, complain's not getting me anywhere because the problem when you complain to a guy, he knows you're not serious, so he just kind of blows it out. Oh, she's complaining, but he doesn't take it like serious because this is why I try to tell people: look, you have to require things, and you also have to know that life goes on with him or without him. He has to know that you love him or like him, however you want to put it, but not more than yourself, which right. means that you will not accept unacceptable behavior. The guy has to know there's a risk of losing you because if there's no risk of losing you, now you're in a codependent relationship. He's a 10, you're a zero. Wow, that's true. 
And also, yeah. and also, do you see, and do you see, Diane, how there's, there are, you can, like James says, you can walk together with someone that has this sort of narcissistic behavior if, if this is, you know, what he really is. And it, it, it sounds like it can be difficult and we all can be in some way, shape or form. But do you see how when you hear um, how James can give you such great advice that you can make it possible if it's right for you? Yeah. Yeah, it's great advice. I don't think I want to continue it, though. I don't want to continue dating him. And to your point, David, the standard advice, which any well-meaning therapist would tell you, is if you surmise that the person you're dating is a narcissist, the standard advice advice is no contact. (laughs) Or in other words, run. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And stay away yeah, from I that, that's that. what That's what you're supposed to do. When you decide that this person is unhealthy for me, and, and it's a serious thing because the kind of stress and, yeah, stress and anxiety they can put you through is completely unhealthy for you. Yeah. I've never felt you know that before. It's yeah. Awful. And if you're feeling like ill, and what did I tell you in the beginning, Dad? I said, the first thing you have to check in with is your gut. Yep. And, and I you're going to tell you, this is not a safe place. I don't feel good. You right. got to listen to that. You know what I'm saying? And that, well, that you really got to trust. A lot of people don't listen to that, and they, that's where you get in trouble because your gut, body never lies. It's telling you, dang, get out of it. Get out of it. Come on, come on. This is crazy. And you're like, eh, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. One more time. I just need that one last fix, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like one more hit, right? Yeah. Can't put it down. Give me one more hit. And sure enough, you get the <laughs> That's hit. That's what it felt and, like. Well, you know, because we're addicted, because that kind of hit, it's called dopamine. And dopamine is very powerful. Yeah. Okay? That's why you go to the casino, and where do they make all the money? Those slot machines. Because they're dopamine, because they just give you a reward every once in a while. <laughs> and you got your own personal slot machine. <laughs> You know, and Diana, I, I had one of those a long time ago, and it was before I met James, and I did not listen to my gut, and it got me into a lot of trouble, and James has really helped me overcome a lot of the um, trauma that it put me through, and I really hope you work um, for going forward with James. I think he can really help you, because dealing with people like that can be very traumatic. It can really create yeah. such such severe triggers that it can hurt a great relationship that you might have in, in the future, and you really want to kind of nip that in the bud and, and get yourself on track so that you can move forward with the next person that is right for you and, and be right. really in a healthy relationship and not be triggered by the past um, um, trauma that you've received from someone. Yeah. Don't you would, think? I'm but if you, feel strong enough, if you feel strong enough that you can walk, that would be best, okay? Yes. <laughs> that would be my favorite thing for you. And then and you can also, let's say, okay, James, I feel strong today. And so you go for it, okay? And the funny thing is, if you just, it, it can die of neglect. If you just don't run around the guy, it'll die of neglect. But you can also, because, you know, a lot of times we say, okay, I'm going to do it. But just in case you go back for one more hit, <laughs> <laughs> then try some of the things I'm saying and, and speak up for yourself. Because okay. it, it depends how you look at it. Because if you're attracted to someone, like I said in the beginning, they have a lesson for you. And they're what I call muscle builders, okay? Mm-hmm. So this guy is the perfect muscle builder for you to learn to speak up for yourself. And the problem is he's like a ninja. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just keep uh, that yeah. in mind, just in case you do. I mean, ideally, you walk away, but the same, by the same token, 
there's something that you're attracted to because you want to learn, oh, consciously, forgive me, to speak up for yourself. You know what I'm saying? I so usually it's don't have a that problem this with one, <laughs> Well, then that's I, good. So that yeah. means that you're just with a, 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 you know, because you bring up a good point. Because every person we interact with creates a different dynamic. And yep. if you find you're having a really hard time with this person, then that means they're just too toxic. Yeah, very. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's good oh, to yeah. know, and, and you save yourself a lot of trouble, and it's just good to know that we're having this conversation because then you can know, oh, you know what it is? I'm not trusting my gut. This guy's way too toxic for me, and I need to learn either one, the communication outside that, or two, I need to learn how to walk away from a bad deal. That's what I need to learn. That's and maybe you can yeah, help me with that. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's well, what I was. What, yeah. yeah, that's what your gut's telling you, right? Yeah. Oh, I know it. No, James I'm will definitely help you walk away from that. And and again, like I said earlier, get you healthy for the next for the next one. I really believe that. Um, okay. What do you think, James? And Don't you think it would be be wise for her to if she's because you have gone back a few times, Diana, and yeah, um, yeah and and um, I I know how that can feel. It's hard to. To walk, but um, talking to James in the future, and I'll, and I'll connect you both. Um, I think would be wise because you might fall back into, like James said, you know, go back for another hit, and then you're gonna a year and a half later, you're gonna be in the same place. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to do well, it. Well, it's fine. It's not. You know, the thing is, once you know, then the the jig is up. You know what I'm saying? Before you didn't know. Okay, so yeah. you're just walking in there blind, and you're getting sucker punched. You're like, how that happened? But now you know. <laughs> yeah. So once you know, it, you're not as, in a way, vulnerable to it. Right. Um, so either way, if you if you if you decide, okay, I'm gonna walk away, um, that's fine. And if you go back for one more thing and you use some of the communication tools, that's fine. It, there's no right or wrong. It's just. But I'd like that you're willing to walk because that's the hardest part. And if you do decide to do that then you really got to practice this thing about no contact, which means don't, my teacher always used to say, don't smell them. <laughs> so what them. do you do? Do you, so, so you, you got a number? How do you? You, get, you? you just say, hey, look, you know, I've enjoyed the time together. We've been together a year now. However, it's just becoming too painful for me, and I don't want to continue. So I just want to end our relationship, and I want to let you go with love, but... It's just not going to be for me. And I've I've done that before, and then he he calls me six weeks later. And yeah, well, because they, they they call they call it a hoovering is what they call it. <laughs> um, so at that point, since you know he's going to come back around, because that's what they do. They they yeah. go through a whole cycle, and I won't go into it. But the, this part of the cycle is called hoovering cycle. They go in the love bomb is perfect. Then they start to, you know, uh, disparage you and talk badly about you and complain about you. And then they discard you. And they come back all the way back for another round. And they're like, hey, <laughs> how you doing? As if nothing yep. happened. Yeah, that's what he does. I don't know. That's the whole cycle. They come back like nothing happened. You're like, what? Weren't you the guy? No, no. I just want to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so if that happens, it wouldn't hurt to block the guy. Right. And when, because, cause, and, you, and, you know, we're not just blocking the guy. We're blocking you. <laughs> because, you, no offense, but you can't trust yourself, you know, you know because he might right. call and oh, yeah. that day you're feeling a little lonely and you're like, eh, give him one more shot. 
Yep. That's right? So you kind of got to block yourself <laughs> just in case they catch you on the bad day. And you know how people are. They have an uncanny sense of when a bad day is, and that's when they call you. Okay. It's true. Or when, I, when I'm dating somebody else. Did you put me there? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the yeah, really good point. They they can tell they, they, men because they call it their instinct. They can tell when you're starting to like somebody else. So like, hey, wait a minute. It is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird sixth sense for them. Yeah, men have it. They know. They're like, wait a minute. She's getting off the. She's getting off the the line there. I gotta call her. <laughs> getting off the merry-go-round. Getting off the roller coaster. Yeah, but you you really said it well because it really is a merry-go-round and. And if you're smart and you love yourself, you get off. <laughs> well, I'm getting off. Love and yourself. You yeah. Love yourself. Love yourself. <laughs> it's so hard sometimes to love ourselves. James and Diana, wow, thank you. This was so informative from both of you because people get to hear both perspectives, and there's so many people in the same boat. And, you know, sometimes we're afraid to talk about it or we talk about it to our friends too much, and then they get frustrated with us and why aren't you leaving? And it's just so hard because it's such almost like emotion. Well, kind of emotionally abusive, right, James? Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And I feel like that form of abuse can be so much harder to get rid of because it's not right in your face. It's hard to detect. It it's hard to recognize and understand. Very hard. And it's really true because well, if you don't know, because the fun thing, if you don't know, it, especially in the beginning when they're love bombing you, you think this is amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it and then is. Then it turns into a nightmare, and you're like, "What happened?" <laughs> a nightmare. <laughs> but then you're already sucked in, and then good luck getting out. So that's why I really appreciate that Diana's willing to think. You know what? I'm gonna trust my gut. I want to get out of this, and I'm just gonna love myself. And that's that's the bottom line. And what do these and relationships teach us? They teach us you gotta love yourself. And it sounds yeah. trite, it sounds like, but you have to. Otherwise, you get into codependent relationships because you love the person more than yourself. Well, now they're a 10, you're a zero. We can't do that. I need a 5-5. Five, five. Love it. 5-5. Five, five. And you know what? So many people are so concerned. They go, oh, if you love yourself, you, you know, again, you're a narcissist or you're eager. No, loving yourself is a beautiful thing. It's part of being a child of God or a higher power, whatever you want to call that higher power. And that's meaning that you are worthy to be loved and to love yourself first because if you can't love yourself... I mean, how could you ever feel that anyone could love you? So to me, you've got to love yourself. That's, and it's something I've had to learn. But, and it seems so simple, but it really is difficult when you're in these types of relationships. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to lose yourself. You, you're, I just feel like I've lost my identity. One of my friends um, met him a couple weeks ago, and I said, well, what did you think? And he said, it's not really what I think about him. It's more about what I think about you with him. You're totally not you. You're not acting <clears throat> like you. You're walking on eggshells. You're not having fun like you normally do. You're not you. Oh my gosh. You know, I have to tell you, I had someone say that to me and it was a man I ended up in a relationship with. It's not my ex-husband. He's a good guy. Um, but a friend of mine, uh, her name's Debbie. She said to me, Tina, um, I don't know who you are when you're with him. You are completely hidden. He just wants to be the entire show of the circle and put you in the back. And I never listened. And sometimes your friends really have good advice. So um, between James and uh, your friend, it, it sounds like you have, you know, great people around you and listen, because that's one thing I didn't do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm blessed with a, a very strong support system. 
So that's great because a lot of times you, you get away. isolated with somebody, and that's when it gets really dangerous. So I'm glad you got friends and family to to bounce back off of. So good for you. Yeah, I'm lucky. Well, um, it's you know, it's okay to learn stuff, and it's okay, you know, and you know, narcissism, bless it, is becoming more and more prevalent everywhere you go. <laughs> so yeah. it's just good to get some understanding of it because it's going to happen. And your job is, my teachers always say that, look, it's not who you attract, it's who you keep. I love that, James, because so many people say, well, you know, you're attracting this type of person, but you're right, it's who you keep. That is such a great statement. Everyone needs to know that. It's not what you attract, it's what you keep. What you attract doesn't always have to be a reflection on who you are or what you have missing. It's it's who you keep. I love that. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Because well, I've never dated a person like this before. This is the first for me. So somebody asked me. At the end yeah, of the well, day, it comes as a surprise. And you have to admit, the guy was good in the beginning. <laughs> and the guy can come around and be charming. So it's not like, you know, the guy's got some skills. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's almost <laughs> you know like, is, he, is it planned? Is it is it manipulation? Is it part of it's his It's just part plan? of the facade. They, they have this, what or we call it, does well, he, or do they, they do have it? a whole facade. I, I don't but, know. Yeah, I mean, their, know their, their goal is to, to win you over. And that's true of any guy, but to win you over in a, a more, you know, but they're all about winning you over and then discarding you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's the problem. If they just won you over and kept you and treated you as well as they did in the beginning, that would be interesting. But they don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I but have that's to... that's okay. You're learning and you got you got, you know, lots of other opportunities to do for it. And like I said, it's not who you track. I mean, it's not who, you, yeah, it's not who you track. It's who you keep. So you know, you can let that one go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to. I I, I want to reiterate to everyone. Uh, this fabulous, fabulous relationship coach James Allen Hanrahan. He is incredible, as you can all hear, and and I hope you enjoyed it too, uh, Diana. He again is the author of two books: A Life of love and dating advice for alpha women. And again, the creator of the widely acclaimed law of attraction, uh, dating and relationship uh, success seminars. And they are held in Santa Monica, California. Guys, you can all um, get in touch with James. You do not have to be with him in person. I work with him on the telephone. Uh, My kids, my friends do. He is always um, so good at reaching into um, the life of the person he is coaching and really gain an understanding and give the best advice possible. Uh, James, thank you so much for coming on. Diana, thank you so much for coming on. And everyone, you can reach out to James on his cell phone at 310-795-4264. That's 310-795-4264 for James Hanrahan. He is the best relationship coach. Good luck and God bless. Thanks for listening to The Tina Marley Show. Heard weekly around the world, right here on Star Worldwide Networks, Apple Podcasts, and more. To reach out to Tina or to listen to all Tina Marley shows, go to StarWorldWideNetworks.com and simply click on The Tina Marley Show.